welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. All right. Well, good morning. I hope every- morning, Bill. Hope everybody had a, uh, a good night's rest. Uh, why don't we uh, open the meeting uh, with a moment of silence and the uh, serenity prayer. Prayer, God, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. All right. Um, yesterday, uh, uh, or last night, we went over the uh, uh, the uh, the cycle of addiction. Um, and um, I've, I've drawn it out here a little bit. Uh, I think this may be helpful to visualize. Uh, we're restless, irritable, and discontent until we can experience the relief that comes from uh, uh, in- engaging our, our addiction, uh, uh, which we're talking about lust. Once we uh, succumb, it triggers the allergy, which is manifested as craving. The craving leads us to a spree, and when that ends, we're filled with horror, remorse, and shame at, at what's happened, and, uh, and that adds to our sense of restless, irritable, and discontented. And uh, we mentioned the... Um, the obsession, and uh, and and it's described in in many different uh, uh, ways. It all boils down to the same thing, and that is, there's got to be some way that I can obtain the relief without the horrific consequences. And uh, and and uh, so so uh, we're now at uh, page thirty. Uh, that uh, more about alcoholism. And uh, uh, at the very first paragraph it says, most of us have been unwilling to admit that we were real uh, sexaholics. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. Um, The idea that somehow, someday, we'll be able to uh, control and enjoy lusting uh, is the great obsession. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. It doesn't say up to the gates of insanity or death. That's a point, important distinction. People die from this disease. Okay. I do not know what how you would uh, um, uh, characterize uh, 
spending uh, Christmas and New Year's in a psychiatric hospital, but I think I got through the gate of insanity, up to the gate of death, and I'm so very grateful that I didn't have to pass that into that through the, the last gate. Um, uh, it says we learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were sexaholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. Okay? Um, and uh, we've lost control of lust and we know that no real sexaholic ever recovers control. Um, over on uh, page 31 it says physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic science may one day accomplish this but it hasn't done so yet Um, he wrote this in 1939 and I've got some bad news for you in 2012 uh, there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic we can't turn pickles back into cucumbers, and um, and there is uh, is no uh, treatment uh, with which I am familiar, and I get to talk with uh, with specialists in the treatment of addiction on a regular basis, and they don't know any uh, treatment that allows uh, uh, sexaholics of our type to control and enjoy it. Um, we're going to move on a little, a uh, little bit, um, and it, it, uh, it, on, on uh, the bottom of page thirty-one and the top of thirty-two, it talks about trying control drinking and stopping abruptly, um, uh, trying for uh, stopping for a year. Uh, that's all, all fine and good, but, uh, but uh, even for people who do manage to white knuckle for a year. There's a story on page 30 about a man of 30 who was doing a great deal of spree drinking. And since he wanted to succeed in business, he realized that he had to stop drinking altogether because once he started, he couldn't stop. And um, uh, he remained uh, 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 bone dry for 25 years and retired at the age of 55. Um, he started drinking again and started ending up in hospitals fairly promptly. So he decided he needed to quit again and found out he couldn't. And he was uh, dead within four years. Um, and uh, it, it's, uh, on page 33 it says, This case contains a powerful lesson. Most of us believed that if we uh, remained sober for a long stretch, we could drink normally. Okay? Um I, I am, am pretty certain that I am just as powerless over lust as I was in 1993. And it says, here is a man who at age 55 found he was just where he'd left off at 30. I would submit to you he was not just where he left off at 30. He was much worse. Because at 30, when he decided to quit, he quit for 25 years. When he tried to quit the second time, he couldn't quit and he died. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not willing to find out how it would be for me if I were to go back out. Everybody I've talked to 
who makes it back alive, and a lot of them don't make it back alive, tell me that the bottom that brought them in the first time, they blow through like an elevator falling through the, the, uh, the, the basement of a building, and they find a whole nother level of hell in a very short time. And, um, and, 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 and my bottom was bad enough for me that I just don't want to see how much worse it can get. Um, um, then they go on and talk about how young people may be encouraged by this man's uh, uh, ex- experience, um, and, um, and some may be able to quit on willpower, uh, some not. Um, in, at the bottom of 33, it says, To be gravely affected, one does not necessarily have to drink a long time or take the quantity some of us have. Um, and, and one of the things that I, uh, that I believe is, is, is a major difference today from, uh, from, from when I uh, got sober. Um, um, when, when I, when I uh, uh, got sober, uh, back in the early 90s, the Internet was dial-up. And uh, if you've never played with dial-up, you really ought to do it to yourself just once to find. And I'm not talking about on, on pornography websites. Uh, just just go, to try, go try to load up Yahoo on, on dial-up. Uh, but, just, but, but be prepared to spend the morning for, the, for one page. To, streaming video was unheard of. And uh, the reason I make this point is because uh, because the stuff that you can download in uh, in a few seconds today, uh, I had to go uh, uh, to some really seedy areas. Uh, um, I do have the uh, the distinction of having been thrown out of a pornography shop in North Beach in San Francisco for asking about a certain uh, piece of pornography that. I think they thought I might be an undercover cop, or maybe they thought I was just too perverted even for their clientele, but they asked me to leave. Um, um, I've been thrown out a lot of bars, but only one porn shop. And now, and now, and now, I, I wouldn't know for sure because I haven't tried it, but I bet you uh, a, a substantial amount of money that, that I can, can, uh, can, can go download that right now. Um, so, so my point is that that uh, with the internet, that the progression of the disease uh, is is just uh, geometrically worse pro- than than I believe it probably was. Uh, it's kind of like the the effect that I realized that if I'd only if I'd only been drinking whiskey, I might could have done it for another thirty uh, years like my grandfather did. Um, but when I started mixing it with uh, cocaine and, and other drugs, uh, uh, the drugs helped me find the bottom even quicker, and uh, which meant I got to recover before I before I died. Um. So um, uh, over on thirty four, it says for those who are unable to drink moderately, the question is how to stop altogether. We are assuming, of course, that the reader desires desires to stop. Uh, we raised this question before, but but here, but but I, I think it's worth worth uh, uh, revisiting. Once you start, do you get to decide how long, how much, or where you end up? Okay. So if you don't have control once you start, 
then the, the then then and you don't like where you end up. That's the key. Okay. Then the question is, how are you going to stop altogether? And um, and and uh, it says uh, whether such a person can quit on a non-spiritual basis depends upon the extent to which he has already lost the power to choose whether he will drink or not. And um, and if you haven't lost the power to choose, then just stop. Um, I had lost the power of choice. Um, and it says this is the, uh, the baffling feature of alcoholism and sexaholism as we know it. The utter inability to leave it alone, no matter how great the necessity or the wish. Okay? Um... Uh, the threat of consequences is not enough to keep me sober. Fear will not keep me sober. Um, so uh, it goes on. Um, uh, the um, the uh, how shall we help someone determine whether they're one of us? The experiment of quitting for a period of time will be helpful, but. Um, uh, a greater service might be to describe the mental state which precede a relapse into drinking or lusting for obviously this is the sort this is the crux of the problem because because remember in the previous uh, chapter it said if we never took the first drink triggering the allergy all the discussion of the allergy would be pointless and academic um so, so the question is, why are we taking this first drink over and over and over again, knowing at some point when it stops being fun, knowing that the results are just not going to be what we were hoping for, and um, and and it and uh, uh, and it says, you know, uh, what what sort of thinking dominates? Uh, the sexaholic who repeats time after time the desperate experiment of the first drink. And then they, they, they tell the story of a fellow named Jim who's an automobile salesman. This is on 35 and continues on 36, who um, um, uh, didn't, did not drink until he was 35. Now, that's really sad because, um, because if, you're, if, if you have the disease I have, and you, you, you left it untreated for 35 years, unmedicated for 35 years. Uh, a lack of homicide or suicide is just absolutely amazing. But the misery, you know, of, of, of the restless, irritable, and discontented for 35 years is mind-boggling to me. Uh, but, but in just a few years, this guy, uh, 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 uh alcoholism progressed that when he drank he ended up uh, in an asylum uh, he he had he had inherited an automobile dealership which he lost because of his drinking um, they they met they met Jim and uh, and started working with him um, but he uh, he he um, he all went well for a while but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life his consternation, he found himself drunk half a dozen times in rapid succession. So, um, how does a how does an alcoholic or sexaholic enlarge his spiritual life? Oh, come on! The wholesale change of personality. 
How do you enlarge your spiritual life? Prayer. Prayer and meditation. Following the steps. For some reason, Jim, well, we don't know what step it was he, Jim wouldn't take, but somewhere he, he refused to take the steps. At some of these we balked. So Jim balked. And what happened? He found himself drunk a half a dozen times. And look what it says in the next paragraph. On each of these occasions we worked with him, reviewing carefully what had happened. Um, um, so I, I try to practice the program that's laid out in the book. And, and what this tells me is that when a newcomer doesn't get it right away, I am not the one who says, I will no longer work with you. Okay. I don't say you, you know, I don't say three strikes and you're out. Hell, these old timers said half a dozen times they worked with him and, and, you know, he got drunk and they, every time he came back, they welcomed him back in. So that's the program that I think I need to follow. Uh, I, I, I have a, a personal policy that I do not fire sponsees. I, uh, I, I continue to put the program in front of them, and eventually they have to make a decision as to whether they want to work the program uh, or quit listening to me tell them why they're, they're continuing to get drunk. And, um, but but I, I also make sure that, that uh, when, when they decide that they don't want to talk with me anymore, that, that my side of the street is, is, is just about as clean and immaculate as I can have it because I've had people call me back after a half a dozen years and say, I'm ready now. And if I'd been a really nasty SOB towards them, I don't want somebody sitting there at the place where I was in 1993 um, with a loaded gun saying, you know, he told me that uh, this might come to pass, but he was such an SOB, I'd rather die than have to call him. I want people to know that 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 there that there's one phone number uh, in their Rolodex or on their, their smartphone that will uh, where I, that, that somebody will pick up and say say uh, how can I help you recover? So Jim agreed in, that he was a real alcoholic and in a serious condition. Uh, and and that bad things were coming his way, over on page thirty six. Yet he got drunk again. Yes, but yes, I'm a sexaholic. But my case is is special. Terminally unique. Yes, I I have this this problem, but I don't need to do all the steps. Yes, resentment's the number one killer, but you don't know what this son of a bitch did to me. I n- will never forgive him. Okay? And uh, and then they, Jim tells the story about uh, uh, coming to work on Tuesday, irritated that he had to be a salesman uh, in the business he'd once owned. There's resentment. Um, I had a few words with the boss, but nothing serious. I got news for you. Whenever I have a few words with the boss, it's always serious. <laughs> so we have we have resentment and denial. Okay? And then he goes for a drive in the country. So now he's alone. And he stops in to a place uh, to have a sandwich. 
And after having uh, having a sandwich and a glass of milk, uh, he suddenly look at the the. Uh, the italics there on 36. Suddenly the thought crossed my mind that if I were to put an ounce of whiskey in my milk, it wouldn't hurt me on a full stomach. I vaguely sensed I was not being any too smart, but felt reassured as I was taking the whiskey on a full stomach. The experiment went so well, I ordered another whiskey and poured it into more milk. It didn't seem to bother me, so I tried another. And uh, once more another trip to the asylum. And they go on uh, back into the italics saying, knowing that he's an alcoholic, he had the, uh, uh, the, the insane idea that, uh, they use the word foolish, that, uh, uh, that if, he, if he took whiskey with milk, it would be okay. Uh, the, the, the similarity for me is that uh, by the end of my addiction, like I say, the the, the hardcore stuff I wanted, um, they 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 did not it, they they didn't like talking with me about it in some of the seediest bookstores in the seediest part of San Francisco. Now there's got to be a lower bottom. I'm just glad I didn't have to find it. Okay. So 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 how about if I give up pornography? And just mainstream magazine, I don't know, Sports Illustrated? Okay. Sports Illustrated's okay. And it is for me 50 weeks out of the year. Okay. But, but when, when the swimsuit issue comes around, since it's not really pornography, I should be able to drink whiskey with milk. Now... Um, I have I I have I I have no idea. I haven't seen the cover yet. Okay, I'm, I'm assuming it's made the the newsstands. I don't. I just don't know. Bill, I can't forget the cover. Okay. I can't forget the cover. Okay, so so don't go looking for the cover. Okay, so so here here's but but here here's here's my point. Okay, um, uh, I and that's 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 precisely the point that that. That I that that whether or see, there is nothing wrong with the whiskey that they brew in Lynchburg, Tennessee. It is it is really well brewed, charcoal filtered, sour mash Tennessee sipping whiskey. They they make a lot of it, and every damn drop they make gets sold all over the world. The problem is not the whiskey. The problem is Bill and what happens to Bill when Bill puts that whiskey in his body. Okay? The problem is not Sports Illustrated. The problem is me and how I react to Sports Illustrated. Okay? And what I've, what I've learned also, uh, to take this analogy just a little bit further, is that there are certain articles in the other 50 uh, issues out of the year that I don't need to spend a lot of time staring at. They they because they put pictures in with the written articles, and um, and 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 it is entirely possible for me to sexualize some of the athletes whose pictures appear as a legitimate part of photojournalism telling a story about a sporting event 
And the problem is not the journalist or the photos. The problem is what happens once they get into my mind. Knowing this, I will. I, if I decide to push aside uh, the uh, the what I know, and 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 I like this. The next paragraph uh, talks about this in extreme case. Um, and sometimes we've reflected more than Jim, but there was always the curious mental phenomenon that parallel with our sound reasoning, there inevitably ran some insanely trivial excuse for taking the first drink. Our sound reasoning failed to hold us in check. The insane idea won out. Next day we would ask ourselves in all earnestness and sincerity how this could have happened. I understand that. Okay? And, and I want to be very, very clear. When I first got out of the nut house and was living in a halfway house, I, I could not go to the grocery store without adult supervision because the magazines at the checkout line and the, the local independent news weekly, I think Detroit has the Metro Pulse. Is that the name Metro of it? Times. Hmm? Metro Times. Metro Times, okay. And, and in, in, in Nashville, it's called the Nashville Scene. And at that time, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming it hadn't changed, but I don't look there anymore. But at, 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 at the time I, when I got sober, they were carrying personal ads in the back that, that were, were, were much more personal and, and, and direct than what the, the, the regular uh, newspaper carried. And I was, I was cruising those, and I could not not do it, okay? I, couldn't, I could not stand in the checkout line and not look at the covers of the magazines, whether it be People, Cosmopolitan, whatever, Okay? And, and, and it wasn't only that I would look at the pictures, I would look at the little headline articles and I would start creating fantasies in my mind. And I would be drunk before I could get through the checkout line. And today, I can go... In fact, every day when I'm on my way home, if I'm the last one to get to the house and my wife's already there, I call and ask, do you need me to pick anything up? And I'm safe to do that today. Um... Because, because today, the insane idea no longer wins out. So something's changed, and we'll talk about what that something might be. The next thing is, what about when we set out deliberately to get drunk? That's the next paragraph. Um, and, and the point is, there was little serious or effective thought during the period of premeditation of what the terrific consequences might be. And that's the reality. Okay, I remember planning to go have some sort of escapade, but I did not plan for it to turn out with me getting thrown out of a bookstore or um, losing uh, 36 hours of my life. You know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just gonna go spend a couple of hours here, and then this evening I'll, I'll meet the. The, the guys who are going, going bowling or whatever. And, of course, I didn't show up for the bowling. Okay. And somewhere in all that, it seemed that my money disappeared. <laughs> then they, the, the next story at the bottom of page 37 is, is about a jaywalker. And, uh, again, you can read the story for yourself. Uh, 
but it it it, it talks about how um, how um, thirty eight it says you may think our illustration is too ridiculous, but is it? Okay, how many of us have put ourselves in a in the same position as this guy who ends up uh, uh, getting hit by a trolley? Um, uh, uh, you know, get getting run over by a fire truck, and and so forth. I mean, truly, how many times have you been injured? Progressively having more serious consequences, and each time that you say, "Well, I won't do that again," but you do, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and then at the bottom. Some of you are thinking, yes, what you tell us is true, but it doesn't fully apply. We admit we have some of these symptoms, but we have not gone to the extremes you fella did, nor are we likely to, for we understand ourselves too well after what you have told us of such things uh, that this cannot happen again. We've not lost everything. And maybe that's yeah. true. Maybe you can stop on a non-spiritual basis. And as and the invitation offered last night, if you've if you if you've considered it and you think maybe there's a non spiritual way, this is probably going to be your last chance to get out of here uh, before we start to, uh, to 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 contaminate your life with with this horrific truth that um, either you're going to accept spiritual help or you're going to die a bitter sexaholic death. So if you think you might be able to control and enjoy it or stop altogether on your own, you're running out of time to test that hypothesis. Uh, Because while some non-alcoholic people, who though drinking foolishly and heavily, in other words, you've had some escapades, but you're not a true sexaholic, um, uh, may be able to stop or moderate, uh, the actual or potential sexaholic will be Back to italics. Absolutely unable to stop drinking or lusting on the basis of self-knowledge. This is a point we wish to emphasize and re-emphasize to smash home upon our sexaholic readers as it has been revealed to us out of bitter experience. Okay, bitter experience. Is your experience, is your bitter experience that, that no matter how much you want to stop that you that 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 you find yourself returning to your 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 sexual addiction the way that a dog keeps returning to his vomit okay anybody that 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 doesn't apply to because because if you haven't had the consequences, see, I went from age nine uh, to age to age forty in active addiction. Okay, so that's a little over thirty years. Some of the people in this room are barely thirty years old. Okay, if you've only been in the throes of your addiction for five, ten, fifteen years. Do you do you do you need the terrible experiences, the the brutal mangling of the the of the that the next ten years almost surely hold in store for you? Um, 
or is your experience sufficiently bitter that 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 you believe that that self knowledge will not be adequate to do the job and then they tell the story of Fred who's an accountant and and they meet him when he's in the hospital and um, and and over on page 40 it said uh, um, that Fred was interested and conceded he had some of the symptoms, but he was positive that his humiliating experience plus the knowledge he had acquired would keep him sober for the rest of his life. Self-knowledge would fix it. But he ends up back in the hospital. And as he tells his story, he's, 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 he's back in after a, a, a multiple-day blackout drunk. And, uh, and this drunk started... After uh, a successful day, my business came, I'm on page 41, the very top, my business came off well. I was pleased and knew my partners would be too. It was the end of a perfect day, not a cloud on the horizon. As I went to my hotel and leisurely dressed for dinner, I crossed the threshold of the dining room. The thought came to mind it would be nice to have a couple of cocktails with dinner. That was all, nothing more. And he ordered the cocktail and ended up on the drunk. So the point is, we've got we've got Jim, who who starts off with resentment, fear, denial, and loneliness, who goes out and drinks whiskey with milk, and then we have Fred, who's having a perfect day, not a cloud on the horizon, and he wants to celebrate. Is there anybody here who, who, who has not acted out when everything was going well in your life? Kind of like, things are too good, i got to screw it up here. Okay, okay. So, so, so we, we, we lust and act out when we're not feeling good so we can feel better. And we, we, we lust and act out when everything's going well so that we can celebrate. Okay, when, when, do we, when, when will the self-knowledge keep us from lusting and acting out? Um, so, uh, um, he, uh, at the bottom of the page, he says, not only had I been off guard, I'd made no fight whatever against the first drink. This time I'd not even thought of the consequences at all. And then he remembered how the AA members had prophesied that if he had been an alcoholic, had an alcoholic mind, the time and place would come. I would drink again. Um, and uh, and I like this uh, a couple of lines down. So I saw that willpower and self knowledge would not help in those strange mental blank spots. Mm-hmm. I get the strange mental blank spot. Is there anybody here who do- hasn't experienced? Not asking, do you understand what Derek talking about? Is there anybody here who has not experienced the strange mental blank spot where you have no idea? It's kind of like you're in it, and how the hell did I get there? Why am I here now? And then I like some of the other descriptions that we was in the previous chapter. It, it applies the alcoholic uh, finding himself having had a couple of drinks. Oh well, I'll quit after the sixth drink. Uh, could I see the, the hands of the people in here, seriously, who are not alcoholic? Because I know there's some of you here. 
Okay, so most of you are not alcoholics. When you drink, how often do you drink six drinks? Everybody's shaking their heads like they don't do that often. How many here are alcoholics? Okay, does six drinks sound just like a good start? Yeah. Okay, now see, this is, this is what you got to understand because, because in the same way that normal people don't engage in sexual acting out to the consequences, sometimes even to the point. Has anybody here ever masturbated when it was painful from the previous time? Yes. Okay, yeah, a lot of people have. Okay, so my point is normal people don't do that. And if you're not a sexaholic, you don't understand. You notice I knew what question to ask from, exper- from experience. Okay, and, and what I'm saying is that, that you can tell this book is written by people who who understand because because... As a, as a non-alcoholic, you say, six drinks, what are they talking about? Well, the alcoholics in here say, yeah, these guys get it, okay? And in the same way, when we're talking about sexaholism, if you're, if, if you're if, and, and this is what we're going to talk about later in terms of how you work with others, you tell your story and let them identify, okay? In most AA meetings, we're trying to have the conversation that we're having right now, and most people are going to they're going to be sitting there saying, "No, I don't get that." But this is an SA group; we we all get it, okay? And 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 it's those strange mental blank spots where suddenly we find ourselves in the middle of something that 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 normal people don't experience, and we we can't keep ourselves out of that. Uh, and then I like I like I'm I'm not going to go through the rest of it, but I like this. Two two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous came to see me in the hospital. They grinned, which I didn't like much, and then asked me if I thought myself that. And see, uh, the thing is, you you hear the laughter here uh, when when we when we laugh at newcomers uh, in meetings. We're not laughing at your problems. We're laughing at your solutions. Okay. Uh, so 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 the point is that that uh, that we're, we're hopefully going to come up with some better solutions, and uh, and and uh, and then then it goes on to talk about the fact that Fred recovered, and and then they're going to conclude page forty three with the idea once more the 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 alcoholic at certain times has no effective defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases. Neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. And and um, and and uh, I, I want to know about the rare cases where they don't need a don't need a higher power. You know, I've been asking uh, well over uh, a thousand alcoholics and several hundred recovered sexaholics, and I haven't found the, found the person. Okay, um, who 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 doesn't need uh, a defense from a higher power? Um, so here here we are, over on page forty four, um, and we're we're about to come to the end of the problem. In the in the preceding chapters, yeah, thank God. In the preceding <laughs> chapters. We have learned something of uh, alcoholism and hopefully sexaholism. We hope that we have made clear the distinction between the sexaholic and the non-sexaholic. If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, 
or when lusting, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably sexaholic. If this be the case, you may be suffering, I like this, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Now, he puts this as an or question, and I submit to you this is an and problem. Okay. How about if when you, when you honestly want to, uh, you can quit entirely, but once you start, you have no control. Well, what's the solution? Quit entirely. Okay. Suppose you can't quit entirely, but you can control it. Well, then, then, then stop the sprees and for God's sake, just drink like a gentleman. See, the only people that have to deal with this, this are the people who have both problems, not or, and. You can't control the, what happens once you start and you can't stay stopped. That's your problem. Okay? So, uh, uh, to one who feels that he's an atheist or agnostic, uh, such an experience, the spiritual experience may, um, uh, may seem impossible, but to continue as he is means disaster, especially if he's a sexaholic of the hopeless variety. To be doomed to a sexaholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. And remember, they warned us that we were going to have only two alternatives back on page 25, that either we were going to um, uh, go on to the bitter end and die the bitter death, or we were going to accept spiritual hell. Those are the two choices we get. And it takes a special type of person to sit there and say, now let me think. (laughs) There's this bitter... How bitter is that death? How terrible is it? Or there is this beautiful spiritual life where I'll be happy, joyous, and free. Bitter death, happy, joyous, and free. Let me think about that. <laughs> let me take my time in making a decision. And let me take a lot longer after I think I've made a decision to execute it. Because I don't want to be happy, joyous, and free too quickly. <laughs> All right. Now, um, we're, we're, we're at the, uh, the, the point where we're going to take a break here and we're going to do the first step. I, I hope everybody understands that this weekend is not about discussing the steps or reading about the steps or studying the steps. We're going to be taking the steps and, and then we're going to take a break for a couple of weeks. But when you, when you leave here Sunday, you'll know, uh, as they say, precisely how to do a fourth step fifth step, six and seven, so that when we get back together in a few weeks, uh, all we'll have left to do is, is, is review our experience, which means that all of us will have experience up through step seven, and then we'll talk about eight through 12. And so by, by, by April Fool's Day, everybody in here will, I'm serious, everybody in here will have had a spiritual experience and be prepared to carry the message to the next newcomer who walks in feeling as bad as you did at your first meeting. That could be pretty awesome. Now, um, what I'm about to discuss appears in the, the Step Into Action book, um, 
the first, the, and, and by the way, some good news. Uh, the literature process is such that, that pretty soon they're going to be combining those three separate ones into a single volume. So, uh, but for right now, uh, the what I'm talking about appears in that first section one, two, and three, and uh, and and that that means the people who who uh, are listening to the recording can look at this in in the book and don't have to worry about the fact that they cannot see uh, what I'm what I'm what I'm about to, to draw. Okay, now Harvey. Uh, does everybody know who I'm talking about when I refer to Harvey, the old-timer in Nashville? Okay, Harvey's the guy who's been sober uh, nine years and six months longer than I have. And, uh, and, and Harvey, Harvey is not a, a dry drunk. Harvey is a recovered sexaholic. Um, he's the one who talked about being lust-free one day. And I thought, what are you talking about? But he says you can do a first step on one piece of paper. I'm not going to limit you to that, uh, but I am going to suggest that for the purpose of this exercise so we can get to the essence of what we're trying to accomplish, that, 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 that you, you limit it to, the, to, to what I call 10 silver bullets, okay? And uh, that's, 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 that's one in the chamber and nine in the magazine, okay? So... Uh, what you want to do is on the, 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 the first page or the front of the page or however you want to do it, Harvey says you can do put powerless on the front, unmanageability on the back, and you've done a first step. And uh, what we're talking about is, uh, is, is, is the, 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 the no drama, no BS, because I don't want to hear about every disgusting thing you've ever done. Uh, uh, it, it's first of all, it's not nearly as interesting as you might think it is, <laughs> and and I will not be shocked because even if I haven't heard it before, I've even heard either heard something like it or I've heard something worse. So good luck with that. But 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 powerless. Okay. Now I'm going to give some examples. Okay. Of, of of powerless. Powerless is an example of of uh, lusting after my my sister's friend, um, and and starting a a really sick uh, relationship with her that lasted a number of years. Um, Another was um, that as a result of my addiction, I, I missed my son's uh, second or third birthday. I'd like to be able to tell you which year it is, but I was drinking at the time, and, I'm, and, and I tend to lose. There's years in there where I just don't know. So, But it was the second or third birthday. The only person who can answer for sure would be my former wife, and that just doesn't seem like a question that needs asking. <laughs> um, so, Miss Birthday, okay? Um, uh, anybody ever get distracted at work when you had an important deadline? Okay, so, 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 um, these are, when it interferes with, with something that's important, Okay? And what's important to you 
is what's important to you. It doesn't matter whether it's important to someone else. Okay? Um, if you if you really and truly at some point wanted to go into the ministry and realize that your sexual addiction would 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 not permit you to do that, and you had to surrender this life dream to your addiction. Uh, several of the people that I served with uh, when I was on active duty, do, and they, we were all doing the same job. A couple of them ended up uh, going into orbit on the space shuttle. You have no idea. I, I, gosh, I love to fly. You have no idea how much I would have would have loved to have, have done that. But there was a problem, and I had to make a choice. And you guys know what I chose. Okay. Um, and 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 basically, the idea of powerlessness is that I I didn't want to do this. Okay. Uh, so 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 it's a, uh, against my will. Or it took me somewhere that I didn't want to go. Okay, that's all the powerlessness is. And you get to. And what I'm suggesting is, we're going to take a break now. If if you're like me, you can come up with hundreds, maybe even thousands, if you go back through your entire life. Okay, and there's nothing wrong at some point with doing that. Um. And and if and and as you work with others and listen to their first steps, you will be reminded of stuff that you probably. Ha- uh, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm convinced sexaholics have blackouts the same way that alcoholics do. Okay, and then and then you're listening to somebody tell their story after you've been sober several months or years, and they start telling something that seems familiar to you, and you realize you've never heard their story before. They're telling yours. It's like oh, and and it's always it's so much fun to be reminded of that. Um, so things that happen against your will. Now that's the powerless part. Now for unmanageability, uh, I like to treat unmanageability as as consequences, and uh, uh, and and uh, you can can look at and again let's go uh, with with just the silver bullets, okay. And the places that I suggest you look are in relationships, and uh, the and and start start. Uh, a friend of mine refers to the tornado exercise, and it comes from a line in the the book, which we'll get to uh, at the next session. The the alcoholic is like a tornado roaring his way through the lives of others. Well, we just had an example. How do you know where the tornado touched down? How do you know where the center of the tornado was? That's where the destruction is awful. Now, you can tell where the tornado was close by because of the, you know, when the tornado goes by, it blows stuff around. And when it blows something that weighs 180 pounds at 150 miles an hour, whatever it hits, there's damage. So, but the damage is worse in the center, and as you move out, it generally gets to be not as bad. So with the relationships... I start with family, and that includes uh, marriages. And notice I do use the plural for that for some of us. Um, So family, marriage, uh, friends. Where does everybody spend eight to ten hours a day, five days a week? So those are places where you have relationships that are likely to have been damaged as a result of your addiction. So that's the first place to look is is in, in relationships. 
Okay. Now, other other consequences. Okay. Some of us have have gotten to talk with John Law, and some of us haven't yet. Okay. There's a difference between jail and prison. Believe me, I know. From not not theoretical. Okay. I work in a prison. I've been to jail more than once. I get the difference. So how bad is the legal consequence? What are your legal consequences? If you've had any, maybe you haven't yet. Okay. Uh, then uh, the other the other place to which I talk to are professional consequences. And 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 what I'm saying is, uh, if you if you missed if you if you if you missed out on a uh, a, a promotion. Because you were coming to because you were coming to work late regularly or coming to work hungover regularly and weren't able to do get the job done, and you lost out on that, um, then then uh, then that's fine. Okay. It's always fun, and it usually shocks the hell out of people when you ask them to try and come up with a cumulative total of how much money they spent as a result of their addiction. Okay, because most of us uh, would would be able to retire tomorrow if we had that money in our 401k. And last but not least, and this is really really painful because I'm still making money today, and uh, and and I'll I'll be able to continue to make money. But one thing that I'll never get back is time. The time that I that I that I uh, surrendered. Uh, to my to my addiction. Okay, those are the consequences. Um, and 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 for some of us, when we start adding it up, and we and 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 and, you know, and, and I'm just saying, let's say for as a as a conservative, is two hours a day in lust uh, reasonable for active addiction? Okay, is that reasonable for times 365 days a year? Somebody's shaking his head. More okay, well, but but I mean, meant two hours minimum. So, but multiply that three hundred sixty-five days a year. Did you ever take a day off from lust when you were active in your addiction? I never did. You know, I I, I I'm sober. You know, all these years, I sometimes I forget to pray and meditate first thing in the morning. I never forgot to lust. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing much better now, but I'm not cured. Uh, so I start at multiplying that up. Then I start looking at the times that I actually binged. And I start putting this together. And when I start adding this stuff up, what I realize is the amount of time I gave to my, to my addiction accumulates to years. Okay? If you, if the judge says you're going to serve two years, then whatever it is you did is a Felony. Misdemeanors are up to eleven twenty nine. Okay, I mean basically we put ourselves in a in a in a we 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 condemned ourselves as the the way that society reserves for felons, and we stole that time from ourselves. And that when I when I put this it, and and thing I never get that time back. Okay. Um. In these relationships, oh, I, I left out um, damaged relationships. The other thing I, I didn't mention is things that I, events that I missed, okay, which which falls under the relationship. But I didn't mention when I was going through this. 
Remember, I, I mentioned missing my son's birthday because of my addiction. Okay, the consequence is the is that I never, no matter what I do, I never. My son and I have a good relationship today, but I don't ever get to go back and celebrate his birthday with him again. I can't ever do that. Yes, sir. I think another uh, your consequence is uh, the impact on your health. Okay, you know, I had I hadn't thought of about of that, but yeah, that I absolutely agree. the The comment was health, any any medical consequences. So, with that being said, what we're going to do is we're gonna we're gonna take a uh, take a break, and it's 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 ten o'clock now. What I'd like to do is reassemble at ten thirty. Take a, if if there's anybody here who doesn't have something to write on. Uh, we'll provide you with a piece of paper because I'm serious. It takes a piece of paper front and back. I want you to to, to go through this. Uh, ten examples of powerlessness. Ten examples of, of unmanageability. Pick the ones that are most salient to you. You're not trying to do this to shock or entertain anyone. It's, the only person I want shocked by this is you. Okay. And most of this can be written down as, as just based on the examples in just just a, 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 a you know one or two lines for each one max. We're not interested in a pornographic novel of what you did in your acting out. Okay, we'll do that. We'll get back together, and at ten thirty, we'll talk a little bit about about our experience with the first step, and then we're going to uh, start moving into step two, which is from this point on in the big book. They don't talk about the problem of drinking directly the way we have for the, the previous, uh, previous part. From this point on, we're looking at what are we going to do about this. Okay, thank you. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve. Thank you.